1: Welcome to On the Verge. Uh, This will be our last show before the start of the regular season. So we're going to have a lot to get into uh, today. Uh, What we're going to be doing later on is we're going to be doing predictions. It's not going to be the type of predictions that you normally hear um, in a baseball podcast where we'd go through and pick the division winners. Uh, Myself and my co-host Bob Phelan and Nick Stevens are instead going to take kind of a prospect-centric approach and... Predict some different things that could happen uh, during the course of the Orioles season. But before we get into that, uh, BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com wanted to plug some stories on there, including one from uh, Dr. Stephen Loftus. He took use his draft model to take a look at the players the Orioles signed after the draft. Um, so that's uh, worth a look. As is a piece from Bob Parkins over the weekend. Um, To embrace the weird in this MLB season, which we certainly are going to have to do to get through what we hope will be a full 60-game schedule. Um, So before we get into our predictions, the Orioles have, and currently right now we're recording this on Monday night, are playing exhibitions leading up to the start of the season. Um, Bob, from what you're seeing so far, what are your thoughts um, with opening day just a few days away now?
0: It feels weird to watch real baseball in real major league stadiums right now, but it's it's cool to see. Love it. Um it was nice to see Ryan Mountcastle hit hit a rocket out of out of the park last night in the 10th inning even though we were winning by 3 runs. It definitely had some spring training exhibition game vibes with uh, an inning ended with just one out and extra innings even though it wasn't tied, but Orioles, I mean it's one exhibition game against Philadelphia, but it was just good to watch baseball again. And a
2: lot of our guys look pretty good. Yeah. I'm getting more, more and more excited. You know, I still have those uneasy feelings though, about, you know, you, we still see cases rise and I know that the testing numbers look good. That was a big positive over the weekend. I enjoyed seeing that. Uh, but you know, there's still that chance that, you know, an outbreak can still occur. You know, these guys aren't living in the bubble. They're still, if you're on an extended home stretch, you know, you're still going about your business every day when you're outside of the ballpark. Um, you, know, you get on that plane and travel to—I was going to say Toronto, but that's not going to be happening. Uh, you travel down to Florida or or somewhere, and you know someone has it. They're 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 asymptomatic. You don't know, and suddenly you know you're on an airplane for a few hours, and and then you got a you got a real problem on your hands there. So uh, i still a little bit uneasy, but yeah, the same. Just seeing all the highlights, seeing all the talk on Twitter and social media—it's it's a lot of fun. People are excited. Um, we're bringing a little bit of normalcy back. little weird little awkward at times you know whatever but hey it's baseball it's here and yeah I I love that Ryan Mountcastle home run last night I didn't watch last night's game uh yet uh I got an easy day at work tomorrow so I'll put those on the background but hadn't watched that yet but seeing that highlight on Twitter like that that got me pretty jacked up put him in the opening day lineup that's all I'm gonna say
1: yeah, for how weird that was, mainly in that it was the top of the tenth home run in a game where the Orioles were leading four to one. Mountcastle swing did look really good on that home run, so it got me a little bit excited too. Um, but yeah, like Nick said, you know we hope for the best. Certainly um, have to obviously the players have to proceed with caution, and we have to account for the fact that you know there's a possibility MLB is not going to get through the season. But for now, uh, it definitely gives us something to look forward to. The Orioles will open. Friday, July twenty fourth at Boston with the seven thirty game. Um and then their home opener will be on Wednesday, July twenty ninth, against the mighty Miami Marlins, um in the preview of the World Series. Right. Yeah,
0: twenty twenty five World yes. Series.
1: Yes. So about the Kumar Rocker Bowl. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um we're now gonna get into, as I said, uh the predictions part of this podcast. Um Mainly what we're going to focus on is some different scenarios that we think could happen during the season. Uh, Most of them relate to prospects. Some of them don't, though. But these are just kind of some fun topics that we can uh, discuss and try the best we can to guess whether they're going to happen this year. All three of us wrote questions out in advance, um, so we've had some time to think of them, think them over. Um, And I'm going to start with Bob, who's going to read us some of his questions.
0: All right. Um, something easy off the bat. Just Which prospects or players that are prospect eligible do we think will get the most at-bats and also which pitchers that are prospect eligible will get the most innings pitched come the end of the year, whether that's 30 games or
2: 60 games? Uh, let's start with you, Nick. uh. I'm going to go I'm going to go easy here. Uh, I tried to get like bold with this one, but I I just can't. Um, I think with at bats, it's got to be Ryan Mountcastle. Uh, I don't see any other position player getting that much uh, playing time, at least these young prospects that are on the the, within the player pool. Um, I think as far as innings pitch goes, if Dean Kramer had more AAA experience last season, I would probably say Kramer. Uh, But I think I'm going to go with Keegan Aiken here as far as innings pitched. Uh, He's as is ready to go as you can be. Uh, I think I always think when I think of guys like Bruce Zimmerman and Kegan Aiken, I always just think back to, I think it was Eric Long and Hagen on Fangraphs who called Bruce Zimmerman fully baked. And that's all I can think about. When I think of Aiken, he, he's fully baked. This is about as good as he's going to get. Uh, so hopefully we see him come up, uh, soon after Ryan Mountcastle gets called up, which I think would be after a week or two into the season. But when you got your starting rotation, it's going to look like John Means, hopefully, if his arm comes back. Uh, But Wojciechowski, LeBlanc, Tommy Malone, Eshelman, Cole Stewart, like you're going to need long man out of the pen. So I'm going to go with Aiken.
1: It's not bad choices. What about you, Zach? All right, so I'm going to go with Aiken as well um, for all the reasons Nick said. I think even if the Orioles do start Aiken out in a bullpen role, if that's where they need him when he first comes up, I could see him getting stretched out in the pen and getting starts later in the year. I'm going to go with a little bit more of a – not a gray area because he is prospect eligible, but someone who actually is going to graduate quickly, and that's Austin Hayes. I think he's going to get the most bats of a prospect eligible player. we know about the injury history. He's had problems staying healthy over the course of his career. And I think that's why, even though he you know, looked like he was fine when he came out, and reports since last night when he was hit on the knee by a pitch from Zach Wheeler um, have suggested that he is fine. We all are a little bit nervous about whether he's going to get hurt again. But I think if Hayes stays healthy, he'll have the most at-bats of any prospect-eligible player. And... My hopes for him coming into this year are pretty high, so I'm anxious to see what he does with them. So I'll go Hayes with uh, next choice Mountcastle coming in somewhere.
0: Okay. I like that. Yeah, I agree with that. I think as long as he's healthy, and obviously he's shown in the recent past that he can't always stay that way, I think Hayes will be the everyday center fielder, wind up with some of the most at-bats on the team overall. I think also Andrew Velasquez might get some some run as a utility player if he beats out Pat Vlaika and Dilson Herrera's of the world for in time for at bats. And as far as pitcher goes, I'll say Hunter Harvey will get enough play out of the bullpen to rack up innings. And I do think that we'll see Aiken and Kramer and some of these prospect starters, but I think they'll be used more of like mop up duty or, you know, eased into things and not quite get enough starts to Take the innings pitch lead, but another question I had will is uh, who will lead the team in home runs and how many will they have over sixty
1: games? You know this is a tough one. I went back and forth on this. I really wanted to pick Anthony Santander. I just don't know now that we know he did test positive coronavirus, and although it looks like he's you know he was playing uh, Monday night against the Nationals. He could get back in the lineup quickly. We don't know what the lasting effects of that are going to be, if any. So I'm going to go Renato Nunez. Um, I think he leads the team in home runs, and I'm going to say that he hit 16.
2: Oh, I also had Renato Nunez, but I had 17. Um, I don't know why. I, I'm going with 17. I think, I think his three highest months, he had 15 or 16. So that, that seems about right uh, when I was looking it up. Um, yeah, I think... Earlier reports of him working out at third base, I think the Orioles are going to try to get, I hope he doesn't play third base, but if he's working out there, you know, the Orioles clearly want him in that lineup as much as possible. Um, I also like Santander, but yeah, same reason, we just don't know what the effects are going to be. Um, You know, I wanted to go Ryan Mountcastle as well, but again, we don't know when he's going to get called up, so that's why I didn't go with that one. Hayes, is he going to stay healthy or not? But even if he stays healthy, I don't think he can outpower Nunez, so... Um, go on another safe pick for now and go Renato Nunez, but I'm saying 17.
0: All right. that was That's definitely the favorite coming into this for me. I was leaning Renato Nunez just off the top of my head, but I'm going to go with the under-the-radar pick in Rio Ruiz. It seems like a lot of people are liking his new adjustments at the plate, showing a little bit more authority in his swing, and I'll say he hits 12 home runs, and that's enough to uh, lead the team. The disrespect to Chris Davis is real. <laughs> well... <laughs> We know he's going to hit 30, but other than him, of course. Uh, All right, how about who will be the most surprising player that we will see playing a game for the Orioles in 2020? Uh, Zach, you go first.
1: You know, I'm going to go with this pick just because he's not someone I would – I wrote him up in the beginning of the year as someone that could debut, but I thought it might be a little bit of a stretch. I'm going to say Michael Ballman. I think Ballman is going to get a look at some point. Maybe it's out of the bullpen. But I think that if the Orioles view Bauman as someone that could be part of the rotation at some point in 2021, even if it's not until May or June, you want to get him as much of a look this year as you can. So maybe he appears in a taxi squad situation. Maybe there's a few injuries down the line. He looks good um, you know, down in camp, so you bring him up. But I think Ballman flying under the radar a little bit among pitching prospects right now, but I'm going to go ahead and go with him and say he gets you know, at least an appearance or two before the season ends.
0: That would be exciting.
2: What about you, Nick? I think so. what I saw surprising, I went with a player who's not a prospect, but he is. He's not even a really younger guy. He's been in the major. He's been in professional ball since 2011. But uh, Dilson Herrera is, is my pick. And I went surprising as in I think he's going to get some playing time. Um He's only 26 years old, but like I said, he's been in professional ball since 2011. I think it was the Pirates he originally signed with as an international free agent. Uh, he spent all season last year with the New York Mets in AAA, put up 54 extra base hits. He's a versatile guy. Uh, he was pretty hot during spring training. I liked watching him play multiple positions. So I think surprising, most surprising player would be Dilson Herrera in terms of um, he's probably going to see maybe 15 to 20 games worth of action, maybe hit a hot stretch, hit a few home runs keep him in the lineup a little bit longer and then, you know, he'll he'll be back to being Dilson Herrera, just a 4A type guy. But I think we get a little bit of excitement out of him for a little bit.
0: Yeah, I do think he's going to definitely see some playing time this year. That's a good call. I'm going to excite the fan base and say Adley Rushman will be on a taxi squad during a road series and get into a game in the eighth or ninth inning on defense just because we ran out of catchers. and it won't affect his prospect status or service time. So that's my cheap answer. Um, how about my last question is, do you see any breakout stars coming from the alternate roster at Bowie, whether it be a prospect or just a guy who, you know, he he shows up halfway through the year because Michael Givens was traded or there was an injury or COVID-related issue and he just hits the cover off the ball or striking people
2: out? Nick, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with Isaac Matson. I think we mentioned him on the last show a little bit there. Pitched across three levels last season, high AA, AAA, um, 110 strikeouts in 73 innings, 1.01 whip, 184 batting average against. And all the reports after the Dylan Bundy trade said he was the most major league ready. I think he was the most surprising player that was put on, put in the player pool. Uh, and so that was definitely a shock to see his name. The Orioles are going to go through so many arms this year. We've already seen Tate, John Means. We've already seen these arm injuries pile up. I think they continue to pile up, even just small, kind of these sore arm or dead arm issues for a little bit. So Orioles are going to cycle through a lot of pitchers. And maybe Mattson, um can work as a sixth, seventh inning guy for a few, a few innings here and see what he's got.
1: So I think Nick read my mind because that's exactly my pick. And for pretty much every reason that Nick just mentioned and just kind of build off of his last point, the Orioles are going to need a lot of arms this year. It's just inevitable in a 60 game season, Pitcher working through a different process to get ready for the season than normal. The Orioles are going to need help. And even if Matson does not get an extended time period of the team, like let's say he doesn't even log a month or a month and a half with the team. I think that whatever he will get some major league time, and given his numbers in the minor leagues, he certainly should be someone that we should watch closely if he does make it, because that could easily be a bullpen piece in 2021. He has experience at AAA. He lost a lot of innings at A last year. So Matson is a guy that I expect we will see and that I think is going to surprise some people when he gets there. He's flown under the radar so far, but uh, three months from now, we might be looking at him. We might be talking about him in a context of someone that could help the team in 2021.
0: Yeah, those are good picks, and I think you're going to see the most opportunity in the bullpen for the Orioles this year, but since the Orioles are thin on outfielders, and we have not much ready to come up, I'm going to say Mason Williams will come up at some point this year, and and hit about 270, hit a couple bombs, make a good showing out in the outfield, and get some casual fans excited for his possibilities in 2021 until he gets released uh, next spring training.
2: Yeah. I like Williams. I think the Orioles liked Williams too. I wanted to see more of him, but it, one of his first games up but he ran into the wall or he had a knee injury, I think it was. So yeah, that, that was a tough one for Mason Williams. But I, I think that leads into my question pretty well. And looking at two, two, two highly ranked prospects on our top 30 list, guys we've talked about before, but just a couple of days before opening day, using Diaz and Ryan McKenna, you know, final thoughts: Do we see them making appearances here at the major league level? We'll go with Bob first.
0: Well, now is Diaz or McKenna on the official alternate roster right now? I know we have some open slots still to fill.
2: Diaz is on the in the okay. player pool, and McKenna's on the forty man, so he yeah. probably will be. Okay, I'll
0: say that Diaz will not. Debut in 2020, just because I think they want to have him completely clean going into next year, so they can bring him up a few weeks into the season next year and get that extra year out of him. And I'll say McKenna does show up at some point towards the end of the year just to get some run. I don't think they see him as a as much of a valuable valuable piece that they need to really play too many games with his service time. So I think he'll come in and get a few at bats, play some defense, and uh, hopefully we do see both. But That's what I think.
1: Yeah, I struggled with this one a little bit because I had the question of, you know, could Diaz make an appearance on a couple of taxi squads late in the year? But even that doesn't necessarily guarantee that he's going to see game action. So I'm going to go the same as Bob. I'm going to say no on Diaz. I think the Orioles hold him back until sometime in 2021. Uh, I think their focus this year is going to be on making sure that he's healthy and productive down in camp. Uh, With McKenna, I do think he will appear at some point. Um, as Bob mentioned on his you know with Mason Williams, the Orioles probably are going to need outfield help this year, even though on paper they should have a lot of depth there we 're already seeing where they are going to need help there and I think if nothing else, McKenna could come on the roster and probably be an upgrade on defense over most of the players that are already there. He brings a lot of speed, so even if the bat is not fully there even if you 're not fully convinced that he 's ready for major league pitching. There's at least two things he can do pretty well. And if you get him some at-bats here and there, great. But otherwise, you know he's going to make the defense better. And you know he's going to bring an element of speed um, into the lineup. So I think McKenna, maybe we see him around the beginning, middle of September. He's on the roster for the last few weeks.
2: Yeah, I I like that. I think if we see McKenna, I think it's going to be pretty late only because I forgot all about this guy. And I was thinking about it after we recorded one of our <laughs> other episodes. I don't think we've ever mentioned his name on the podcast, Cedric Mullins. Um, he kind of, what did he rob a home run last night and hit a home run last night? I saw. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, he's another guy who I think the Orioles are still refusing to give up on just yet. Um, you know, I really liked what I saw out of him in double a uh, last season. You know, we all know what happened when he was in the major league roster last year, his sub 100 batting average. Um, when he was down in Norfolk, he his body language was just terrible. He just looked like he did not want to be in the batter's box. But when he went to Double A, he was the old Cedric Mullins that I think a lot of people fell in love with. So early on, not saying he's ever going to pan out, but I think he did enough last night. He's got enough hype, previous hype behind him that I think the Orioles give him an extended look. They give Mason Williams an extended look. Um, hopefully, you know Santander and Dwight Smith Jr come back healthy and they're ready to go. So I think McKenna will be very late if at all. But yeah, I agree with you guys. I don't think we see Diaz at all as much as I want to, as much as I think he's going to be probably one of the most talked about prospects next year. This is an early 2021 prediction, but yeah, not this year.
1: Yeah. Just a follow-up on what you said, Nick um, Mullins did look really good in the game against Philadelphia on Sunday. And I'm curious to see if, uh, you know any of the work that he has put in both in the minor leagues last year and then leading up to this season um carries over and we see at least a little bit more productive hitter at the plate and then whatever look we get at him in center field this year maybe the defensive uh metrics suggest he's a better player than they did at the end of 2018 when he uh replaced Adam Jones in center field so i'm going to lead into My first question, which is actually based off the development that happened last season when John Means emerged out of nowhere, finished second in Rookie of the Year uh, voting. Um, And my question, and I'm going to start with Nick, is will an Oriole finish in the top three of Rookie of the Year voting this year?
2: thought long and hard about this one, and as much as I want to say yes, I'm going to say no. Uh, I'm still very, very high on Ryan Mountcastle. I'm so glad he hit that home run last night. and I'm so glad it just looked so beautiful. Um, I, I just don't know when he's going to get called up again. I, you know, we don't know what Michael Ice is going to do this year. It seems like he's going to be very cautious with these prospects. Um, and when you look around the rest of the American League, not even paying attention to the National League, which has some studs coming up, but just looking around the American League, you got Nate Pearson in Toronto, who I think is going to get a very early look in starting rotation. They've got some injuries piling up. So it looks like, what is it, a week you have to be on the major league route or down in the minor minor leagues, the the player pool, uh, before you can get that extra year of control. So I think Pearson will be up pretty soon and in that Toronto rotation. Luis Robert with the Chicago White Sox is just on another level. he destroyed Orioles pitching against the Frederick Keys when he started off last year, um, and I think that was a preview of what's to come at the major league level with with Robert. Uh, the guy hits home runs flying on the ground, so I mean, there's literally nothing he can't do. Um, Jesus Lazardo in Oakland. I got down Brendan McKay in Tampa Bay. I know he's, I think he tested positive for coronavirus. I'm not sure he's been at least absent from camp, and they're not saying it. But there's a lot of really good prospects coming up. Even a guy like Joe, yeah, Joe Adele. We don't know if yeah, I've seen, i tried to find if Adele was going to make it or not. I think I saw some mixed reports of, he seems like another Ryan Mountcastle type. Is he going to come up or not? But if he makes the Major League roster, yeah. Uh, Nick Madrigal with the White Sox. A lot of good names. So I'm, I'm going to say no, unfortunately.
0: As well-reasoned as that is, I'll say Austin Hayes will slip in at number three. In the vote just to give some Orioles fans some play. Maybe he hits like 280 with nine home runs and 20 RBIs and uh plays makes some more highlight reel plays in the outfield. Maybe one of these big name guys disappoints a little bit this year, and a couple other just don't make their debut in time. So he's able to to just barely make this question answer a yes.
1: You know, I I went back and forth uh, about this a lot myself, and ultimately I'm going to go with no, just because I think the strength of the American League rookie class, like Nick said, is going to be strong this year, and all it's going to take is for two or three of those guys to perform anywhere close to expectation, and they're going to get votes. Um, If an Oriole does slip in, I think it will be Hayes or Mountcastle. Um, I think Hayes could be that guy where you look at the end of the year and he just has a little bit of balance of everything, right? The defense and the offense. Mountcastle, we know what he's capable of power wise. And I, if I were more confident that he was going to get close to a full season or a full season, I would expect he would just hit a lot of home runs and probably finish second or third in the voting. But as Nick said, we don't really know yet when he's going to come up. So I'm going to say for now, no, based mainly off of what I expect will be a strong rookie class. Although I will point this out that John Means finished ahead of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Aloy Jimenez in Rookie of the Year voting last year. So strange things can happen with prospects. Um, So here's one that we're going to be talking about a lot um, between now and the August 31st deadline. Will Michael Gibbons be traded? And if so, where? Starting with you, Bob.
0: I actually do think he will be traded this this year before the August thirty first trade deadline. I think well it obviously depends if he comes out, you know, hot in pitching as well as he can and has shown he has in the past. But I think a team like the Mets, who they just care about winning right now, even if it doesn't make the most sense and they don't have the strongest back end of the bullpen. Um maybe they they're willing to give up like one of their top fifteen 10 to 15 ranked prospects just to get uh, a back of the bullpen arm if they're close to in it by the time the trade deadline rolls around. I just think there'll be some team out there that that could use a power relief arm in seventh, eighth, ninth inning, and I do think he'll be traded. And we won't get much, but we'll get some.
2: Yeah, this question with trades, I was thinking about it last night, and I think it all, first of all, it all depends on what what is the market going to look like this year at the trade deadline. You're only going to get about 30 games or so. So you got to evaluate your team quick. You got to decide pretty quickly whether you're in this for the long haul or not. Well, it's not really a long season, but whether you're in this for a world series ring this year or not. Um, when I think about trading guys though, like if you're Michael Givens and I think of a team like Arizona, if you're Givens, and you find out that you're have to pick up and move to Arizona during a global pandemic, could you say, I'm just going to sit out and I'm not going to go? Um, you know, or if players are traded, could they then decide to opt out for the season? Uh, are teams going to be thinking about that when they trade guys. Uh, I think it's one of those kind of moral questions that teams are going to deal with this season. Obviously trades are going to happen. The San Diego Padres are wheeling and dealing. They've made two trades already. Um, including sending Franchi Cordero to the Royals. So there's someone else who, if he clicks, is going to hit, just destroy Orioles pitching at Camden Yards, lefty with monster power. Um, yeah. So that's something to think about, I think, this year. Um, also, you know, if you trade away givens, you're going to be looking to get prospects in return. And then what does that return look like? If It's not going to be guys who are probably on a team's player pool. So, you know, these could be guys that you haven't seen in a year or so. Uh, So you're looking at old scouting reports, old notes. You don't know what they're doing in the offseason. You don't know if they're playing, where they're playing. You know, I think it's still an opportunity for some of these guys to play indie ball. Um, You just don't know what they're doing in their free time right now. So I think there's a lot more what-ifs this year in the trade market. but, of course, teams are going to be in it. I, I like those AL East teams, too. I noted Mets, Phillies, Braves, Nationals all finished in the bottom third in, in bullpen war last season uh, on fan graphs. Uh, Braves made some additions, but they've got some injuries. Uh, a lot of a few COVID-19 tests over there with uh, players really adjusting their roster. So I think it could be uh, an NL East team. Or I really like Arizona. I think Arizona is a dark horse this year. Uh, it could be a team that's looking to add to their bullpen.
1: I'm going to say that Givens does go, and I think he's going to stay on the East Coast. And I actually don't think he's going to be very, going very far up I 95 to the Phillies. Um, we've heard the Phillies linked to him in the past. Um, it's kind of been speculated as a potential fit, but obviously it has not happened. Um, the Phillies have been operating in win mode or win now mode since the 2018 season ended. And I think that if they're anywhere close to a playoff spot, um in mid to late August they're going to be in buy mode. They got to try to cash in while they still have J T Realmuto there under contract cuz that's an open question about whether he'll be around uh long term. You have Bryce Harper there this year. They have Andrew McCutson healthy right now. So there's a chance for the Phillies to maybe leapfrog the Braves and the Nationals, two teams that are, I think, you know, I'm a little bit higher on coming into the season than the Phillies I think they're going to take it, and I think that they're going to be a strong fit for Givens. Do I think that the Orioles might be better off waiting right now? Maybe, but I also think the fact that Givens will have one year of team control left could help to offset some of the uncertainty surrounding you know, the return. So my guess is yes, that Givens will get traded, and it's going to be the Phillies. That's no, a great point so i'm gonna go now what is the biggest orioles prospect storyline of the season will be blank so nick go ahead and fill in the blank for us Uh, i'm gonna say hunter harvey uh since technically he's
2: still a prospect uh, i don't think again i don't think we see very many this year Um, at least a lot of those that are mlb ready or close to mlb ready uh, probably going to be added later in the season if Mountcastle or Aiken come up or when they come up, they may struggle a bit, and I think that's okay. Let them ride the waves this year. Uh, I'm not too concerned if they struggle out of the gate. Uh, so I'm going to say Harvey just because, you know, he was drafted in 2013, which blows my mind every time I see that uh, when I'm looking up Hunter Harvey numbers and see that on his player page. It's seven years now. He's been in the big leagues, and he just made his major league debut. But he was pretty filthy last year, 98 mile an hour fastball. Uh can he develop that curveball and change up? Uh, can that help him? Because guys are going to catch up to that 98 mile an hour fastball. It's major league baseball in 2020. Now you need a little bit more than that. He's got it, but can he command it this year? Uh, and can he command that ninth inning for the Orioles? I think he, both him and Gibbons are going to get those high leverage situations this year. You want to give Gibbons those high leverage situations to show he can do it. I think to go off our last question, so you can increase his trade value or show teams that he's marketable. Uh, but, yeah, with Harvey, I think, can he take it over from from Givens? Can he show that over a longer stretch than just eight or nine innings that he had last year that he can be dominant at the back end of the bullpen? I think so. I'm going to go there and say that that's the first piece that the Orioles can look at to build their bullpen around for 2021 and moving forward.
0: That's a good choice, but I, this was an easy one for me. I went with Ryan Mountcastle. He might not even – show up at all this year and he would be the biggest storyline i think starting next week and almost every day you're going to hear when we're going to see mountcastle when's mountcastle coming up what position's going to play when he comes up and then if he does come up they're going to scrutinize fans are going to scrutinize every single at bat he has and is he the real deal why wasn't he up sooner i just think ryan mountcastle's name will be out of orioles fans mouth the most of any player this year
1: yeah, Bob, I, I'm gonna go with you. I think it's gonna be what happens with Mountcastle, Castle, regardless of whether or not he you know, regardless of when he debuts, um, regardless of how the Orioles use him, I think it's gonna be talked about. And I think part of it speaks to where the team is in a rebuild in the rebuild process right now. Fans want that immediate sign of, Okay, this is a player of the Orials are gonna start building around. But honestly, I, I think that even though fans probably are not going to be in the stands when Mountcastle does debut this year, it's going to almost have that Matt Wieters type feel to it, where you're, you're all of a sudden focusing on the Orioles, even if you weren't before this. Because we have seen what Mountcastle can do in the minor leagues. I think there's a strong argument that he should be on the opening day roster. I understand why he's not, but I think there's a strong argument of why he should be there. And I think when he's not there, we're going to be questioning... Why isn't he there? When will he get there? And then once he's there, it's going to be where are the Orioles putting him in the lineup? Where are they putting him in the field? Which is going to be something we're going to talk about in a minute. And how is he performing? So I, I agree. And I, I do think that Nick's right. I expect that Hunter Harvey is going to draw a lot of attention this year. But I, I Mountcastle just gets the edge for me there. So that leads into my next question. And then we're going to get into some uh, different stuff here. But will Ryan Mountcastle be in the lineup at the end of the season, and if so, at what position, starting with you, Bob? I do think he'll be in the lineup at the final game of the season.
0: I think he will be at his long-time position, DH, I think. I just think by the end of the year, they're going to want to get a couple looks at some guys like, uh, gosh darn it, I'm already forgetting, Ryan McKenna and Cedric Mullins, if they just want to play him in the outfield. I think, I think Mountcastle will get a lot of at-bats in left field this year, but I think... By the end of the year, he'll play some DH, and that's just what it's what he's living and dying on is his bat. So, see what he can do.
2: Yeah, that would be nice if he is just just sticking at first base DH now. Get him that time, but I think based on everything we've seen so far, I think yes, he will be in the starting lineup. Uh, I would say by the end of August, he's going to be a regular in the starting lineup. Uh, Best case scenario. And, and I think it's going to be left field, though. I think we'll probably see if Santander is healthy Probably him in right field, uh, which he, I think that's where he's starting tonight. I think I saw the lineup tweeted out. Um, we're recording during the game now. Uh, but I, I think he maybe starts in right field. You got Hayes in center. Uh, left field goes to whoever right now, Uh, and then once Mountcastle comes up, that's his job. I think the Orioles are going to try to give him as much time there as possible just to see if he can do it, add some more versatility, but ultimately, hopefully, opening day 2021, he's the starting first baseman, or DH, but for now, left field.
1: Yeah, I I agree with Nick. I think that the Orioles are going to try to experiment as much as possible this year, especially as we get further into the the season if you 15, 20 games in, there are, you know, chances of, you know, contending or finishing even close to 500 or, you know, nil. Um, they're going to experiment. And I think that's going to be the perfect time to put Castle in left field, even if you're not convinced that's where his long-term position is going to be. Um, and then look at it this way, like we've talked about with McKenna today. If McKenna is on the roster towards the end of the year, you always have that option of McKenna playing left field for the last six outs of the game. It's not optimal. But it is something you could do if you have a tight game and you want to give McKenna some at-bats and get him a look in the field. McKenna comes in, he plays some left field, and then maybe Mountcastle moves over to first or he comes out of the game. Um, I suspect Mountcastle is going to get at-bats at first base, DH, and left field. But my sense is that left field is going to be where he gets the most time. Uh, They'll stick with that until the end of the season, and then they're going to try to go into 2021 determining uh, between first base, DH, and left field. Um, so that does it for the questions that we wrote out ahead of time, but then Bob had a few pre-show that, uh, he suggested. So I'm going to go with him now and, uh, see what predictions we're going to make from here. I just
0: figured we can run down the basic stuff real quick. Who do we think is going to be Orioles MVP, Orioles Cy Young, Orioles Rookie of the Year? Nothing too fancy just to get it out of the way, but for myself, I'll just go first. I think MVP, I'll be optimistic and say... Anthony Santander recovers quickly from his COVID nineteen case and picks up where he left off last year, even improves on it. Has a nice, well rounded season offensively, and stick him out in right field for as close to sixty games as you can. For Cy Young, I believe I'm a believer in John Means. I think he's the real deal. But I think we might see a big bounce back from Alex Cobb. That might be an optimist to me, uh, trying to raise his trade value towards next season. But I think he's going to get a splitter going and have a nice year. And I think Austin Hayes would be the obvious rookie of the year for me if Mountcastle doesn't get a ton of at bets. How about you, Nick?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go Hayes with Orioles rookie of the year. Uh, I think that's, that's a safe bet there. Opening day guy is going to be hitting at the top of the lineup. I just pray, pray, pray he stays healthy. That's the one thing. I I saw that tweet last night of him getting beaned and I was like, here we go already day one, but hopefully that's behind him. He's going to be good. Um, for MVP, it's it's a tough one. I I want to say one last ride for Chris Davis. This is his year because it's 2020. Why not? But I'm gonna go with Hanser Alberto. Um, he's the most fun guy to watch on this roster. He's he's the character on this team that everybody seems to love, uh, and he's a pretty darn good baseball player. I know when you. It seems like on our message boards over on Baltimore Sports and Life.com, uh, a lot of people are big fans of Alberto. And you just think about, well, five years from now, what's Alberto's role on the roster? Like, it doesn't matter. He's fun to watch right now. So I'm going to go Alberto as the team MVP. Um, he's going to hit 458 against lefties this year and take the crown. <laughs> uh, for Cy Young, I, I want to go Hunter Harvey there as he takes over the closer duties. But I'm going to say, I'm going to go Alex Cobb as well. I'm going to be optimistic too, uh, just there. He's got to put something together here for us, uh, salvage something out of that contract. Uh, if we move him, great. If not, you know, I think I enjoyed watching him pitch when he was with Tampa Bay. And he's someone who I was excited that the Orioles grabbed when they did sign him, even though it was for uh, way more money than it should have been. But hopefully just for his sake as, as a future baseball player, I, I hope he succeeds, has a great year.
1: Uh, rookie of the year. I'm going to go with Austin Hayes as well. Um, part of it is the uncertainty surrounding, you know, when Mount Castle will make the majors. But as I mentioned earlier, I think that balance of offense and defense is going to be there a little bit more with Hayes. Um, so he would be my guy for rookie of the year MVP. I've gone back and forth on this. I almost actually went with Hayes in both spots. But that might be a little optimistic right now. So I'm going to go with Nick Spick. I'm going to go with Hondra Alberto. I loved what I saw from Alberto last year. And I know that we do get into that discussion a lot of what is his role five years from now. My guess is that he probably does not have a role with the Orioles five years from now. But you know, what? I want to enjoy it you know, while he's here and while he's productive. And I, I don't see any reason why, especially over a 60-game season, we don't see what we saw from him last year. He's going to rake against lefties. Um, I think he's being settled at second base. He can put together really good numbers Cy young I'm torn between means and means and Cobb. I'm gonna go with Means though, and I know right now there's a little bit of question about the arm and I know that he didn't exactly finish the year strong, but Cobb has also had his own injury his you know injury problems over the years that we have seen and I think of nothing else if Means is able to pitch a full season this year he's going to keep the Orioles in games. I just don't see him outright imploding. Is he going to repeat exactly what he did a year ago? No, but I think he'll keep the team in games, and he'll be the guy that every five days you know can go out there and is at least going to keep the score close enough that the you know, the bats come around, the Orioles have a shot of winning. I think Cobb can do something similar, but again, can he stay healthy? And that's just the one big question mark I have with him. So I'm going to go... Means for Cy Young, Alberto for MVP, and Hayes for Rookie of the Year.
0: Okay. Well, how about two more? Just who will be the most surprising in a positive way and most disappointing by the, by the end of the year?
2: Nick? who's oh, surprising. I'm going to stick with a guy who I've remained high on for a long time in Miguel Castro um i wrote up an article nice. i have to pull it up but i wrote up an article a couple of weeks ago and i looked at three specific pitches uh that i i think Orioles should see a lot more of this year and one of them was brandon klein one of them was miguel castro uh and i can't remember the, the dylan tate the dylan Tate pitch um those three guys had pitches who they didn't pitches that they didn't really use a lot that i think could enhance their repertoire a little bit and I love Miguel's Castro slider. Uh, he had a hot stretch at the end of the year. Um maybe it's just more false hope with him, but we'll see. Uh I think that's gonna be the most pleasant surprise. Uh disappointment. I think this is honestly when I think about this more and more, I think that even after all of the, the off-season work, I, I wondering if Chance Cisco can still improve. And, uh, but based on his track record, I would say if I, if I had to place a bet right now, I would say chances go kind of falters uh, a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, and this is kind of pretty much the end of him in an Orioles uniform. He, he might stick around, uh, just because he's the veteran, I think Pedro Severino is a free agent after this year. I think his contract is up, so he, they probably won't bring him back. But I think Chancisco sticks around, kind of, and becomes kind of like that Austin wins, just that guy that's always there. I don't know why, but he's always there. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a, a disappointing year for Chancisco.
0: Chance is going to roll snake eyes. All right, what about you? Zach? So
1: I'm going to go with Tanner Scott for surprise, and I talked about this a little bit on our last show, and I, you know, mentioned that I think that. You would feel better about the Orioles going into 2021 if you saw healthy and productive years from Tanner Scott and Hunter Harvey. Um, Scott's ceiling is really high. We've known that for a long time. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say that this is a year where we start to see better command overall, and especially better command with the fastball. Um, And I know it's just one at bat, but I absolutely loved his approach against Bryce Harper uh, when the Orioles played the Phillies on Sunday. I think over a shortened season, he's going to put up uh, good numbers, and hopefully we're going to start to see him really turn the corner and be a productive reliever going forward. As for the biggest disappointment, um, you know, people might say this is relative because of where the Orioles' expectations are, but I, I think I'm going to go with Nick. I think I'm going to go with San Cisco. It's not so much that I think Cisco is going to collapse but it's almost that feeling that if Cisco does not have a good year, it's going to go a little bit more notice. Because you know Adley Rutzman's getting close to the major leagues. We've been hearing about Cisco for years. Um, if the bat doesn't quite come around, he and Wins might be the placeholders until Rutzman gets to the major leagues. Um, I hope the bat does come around. But if it doesn't, I think you're going to look at him as kind of, you're going to start to kind of see the time frame, and the patience with him narrow uh, even more than it has.
0: All right. Uh, I'm also going to go with a relief pitcher for my pleasant surprise. So one of us is bound to be right on this. Uh, I'm going with Cody Carroll, the guy we acquired in the Zach Britton trade from the Yankees. He came over. He had a dominant season that year in the minor leagues. High 90s fastball. I think he was hurt all last, last year and then was just trying to come back in the spring. And I think if anybody was benefited by the delay of the season, it might be him. He was able to get a little more time to get healthy. Seems like he's impressing now back in summer camp, and I think he he might not start with the year with the team, although with 30-man roster, I think there's a chance he does, but I think at some point, he's going to get up there and show why we traded for him and have some uh, good value to, in the middle to back end of the bullpen, and for my disappointment, I'm going to go with Tanato Nunez. I just think a guy who's a pure DH and who kind of came out of nowhere with his power spike and hitting last year i just think there's a chance that if if the hit the hit tool's not there or if the power wanes at all last year we had that super bouncy ball uh to help him out i just think that there's not too much value left over if he if he can't hit as well as he did last year so that's that's where i'm at and that's all i got
2: cody carroll's good pick i really like that he put up great numbers in the arizona fall league and so yeah that's right. I think there's still a lot of value to be had in that Zach Britton trade uh, with Carroll and Dylan Tate, especially now that Tate's a reliever. So hopefully that works out.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's a great pick as well, although we're going completely opposite ends of the spectrum here on the show with Nunez, so time will tell um, <laughs> where things fall within. But a um, couple of things to note. Um, Nick and I are both going to have stories on the site later this week. Uh, right now we're both scheduled to have new articles up on Thursday. Uh, we will also continue to record regularly throughout the season. We'll mainly be focusing on prospects as they arrive in the major leagues. And some of the younger players on the Orioles roster, um, development really is going to be our focus because there is no true minor league season this year. So continue to check for new episodes. Uh, follow us on Twitter at, at BSL on the Verge and check BaltimoreSportsInLife.com for the latest not just in Orioles news, but also... Maryland Terrapins, uh, Baltimore Ravens, and much more. Um, Before we sign off here, Nick, any final thoughts? Any uh, prediction prompts? Anything else for us? Uh, One more prediction.
2: World Series champions. I'm going. You can't pick the Orioles for this one. Uh, I'm going with (laughs) Dodgers over Twins. I just want that on, on record when it happens.
1: Oh, uh,
0: I'll say Rays over Braves to be different.
1: Um, a combination of your two picks. I'm going to go Dodgers over Rays and um, the Dodgers will win this year. And then we will have the long uh, standing debate over whether both the Astros 2017 titles and the Dodgers 2020 titles uh, <laughs> should have an asterisk by them. Um <laughs> just an asterisk yes. every every title has have asterisk. Um, the Dodgers I think the Dodgers won it all this year and I think the Rays um do not win the American League East, but their pitching depth allows them to get through the postseason. Uh Bob, any final uh thoughts or prediction prompts?
0: Um happy to see Dr. Anthony Fauci throwing out the first pitch in uh Nationals Park on Thursday and wear a mask. No other predictions. I'm All right. Fair. So
1: I'll I'll do one more prediction prompt here, and then we'll sign off. Um, go the American League East in order one through five. Um, I'll start with you, Nick. Oh, uh, I hate to say this, but I'm going to go Yankees, Yankees, Rays, Jays,
2: Red Sox, Orioles. I'll say Yankees, Rays. No, excuse me, Rays, Yankees, Red Sox,
0: Blue Jays, Orioles, and Before you get to your thing, Zach, I did think of one. Do we think the season will actually finish and determine a World Series champion? I'll say yes.
1: So I'm going to go for the American League East. Um, I'm going to go Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays, Red Sox, Orioles. And just to throw a little bit of twist into my prediction, just to get more specific, the top three teams will finish above 500. The Red Sox will finish below 500 but the Orioles will finish further below 500 um, and finish in last place. Um, And yes, we will get through the regular season and there will be a world series title crown. And then we will spend the next 30 years discussing uh, whether it's (laughs) tainted.
2: Yeah, I agree. Let's, we need this. Let's end it on a positive note. We're going to get through the season.
1: Yeah, I like that. Well, um, Continue uh, to listen to us here on The Verge. Um, We'll have new shows all throughout the summer talking about the latest things, uh, Orioles prospects, uh, young players, player development. That's going to be our approach. Um, For Nick Stevens and Bob Phelan, this has been Zach Spedden. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back on the air soon.